Welcome to the J. Scott Outdoors podcast. Today is going to be a fun episode with my friend Brian Rimza. Uh, Brian, we're going to be talking about the Arizona bighorn sheep, uh, both the desert and the Rocky Mountain uh, draw coming up. We're going to be talking about the uh, regulations and the applications. Uh, we're going to kind of go through extensively like we've done in years past. I think we've done it a couple years in a row. Uh, I've actually had several people asking for the Brian Rimza Bighorn Arizona breakdown. So uh, here we are, Brian. How you doing? I'm good, Jay. How are you? Good. Uh, I think the last time we talked, uh, we were both uh, getting ready for turkey season. I actually am fresh off about 30 days in Mexico chasing the Goulds turkey and um, had a Really good season down there, a long season, um, but a lot of lot of smiling faces uh, from our hunters, a lot of good video, a lot of great photo opportunities, and I know you chased some turkeys as well with your family. Uh, how was your season? Well, we had a great season. Uh, we started off up there hunting the White Mountain Apache like we always do and uh, did real well up there, managed to kill, uh, I killed three birds with my bow which was pretty awesome. had a great time, great fun hunt with some really good friends. And then I went right from there over to San Carlos, and San Carlos was a uh, one-morning-and-done type of deal. We called in a double. I had a buddy of mine, Brian, uh, from work who never hunted turkeys before, and he had his 8-year-old boy with us, and we called in a double and managed to put them both down. So it was pretty, pretty awesome uh, week long of turkey hunting. Yeah, it's always that time of year that we look forward to, and now – we're kind of in the, you know, post-turkey season doldrums, uh, but we've got the Arizona deer uh, and uh, bighorn sheep regulations as well as, you know, buffalo and, and some fall turkey stuff uh, and some javelina as well. Um, but today we're going to kind of focus on the bighorn sheep. Uh, before we get into that, um, we did a podcast with you last fall. You shot a big giant deer with your bow up on the Arizona Strip. Uh, just your thoughts uh, going forward, you know, for the guys that are going to be listening, obviously, for sheep, but that are going to also be applying for deer. Um, just some of your initial thoughts uh, going into this deer draw with, uh, you know, the last year being as tough as it was with the drought and what have you. What's your forecast, uh, you know, moving forward? What are you hearing out there on the street as far as deer, um, you know, for this season? I mean, it sounds like everything's going to shape up to be a pretty spectacular spectacular year for both elk and deer and, you know, just in general antlered animals in Arizona and out in the West. Uh, if we continue to get a few more rains in May, I don't think we could ask for a whole lot more. So for those people that are lucky enough to have elk tags and those that are going to be fortunate to draw deer tags, man, I don't think you could have picked a better year. So uh, hopefully it continues to get a lot of moisture, but we've been having some incredibly wet spring and uh, we've got some late rain in may which is going to make things even stronger so it should be really good hopefully yeah you were able to um go up on the arizona strip last year with an archery tag and your dad's had rifle tags up there your wife's had tags and um you've shot some great deer um you've hunted with breck bundy up there and his crew um and then you had an archery tag for a drought year, but you were able to kill just a giant deer. Um, talk a little bit about that deer. 
people haven't listened to that podcast, I recommend to go back in, I believe it was right around the beginning of September, middle of September probably when we did the podcast, and listen to the full story. But um, you shot a giant deer on a, on a really tough, tough year. Um, you know, you, one can only imagine what that deer possibly would have maybe been on a year like this. Uh, obviously not taking anything away from the experience or the deer because you've got to harvest the animals when you have the opportunity. But, I mean, I think your deer was like 225 or 30 inches or something. I mean, that thing potentially could have been just an absolute monster this year. Thoughts on the whole whole deal and your whole uh, hunt last year? You know, I was just really blessed for a couple different reasons. I mean, if I'd have drawn that tag in the max, I probably would have turned that tag in but I drew it in the random with eight points, so there was no point in me turning the tag in. Um, so I went up there and hunted, you know, and I, Breck Bundy and his crew were pretty awesome, and they, you know, they work really closely with Clay Bundy and Talon Bundy um, to kind of put their clients on the best deer, and, you know, I was super fortunate to have those guys in my corner, and, you know, Talon turned this buck up on a trail camera video and shared it with us, and, you know, I was able to actually put eyes on the deer about four or five five days into my hunt and managed to kill him on the ninth day. And it was just, you know, it was one of those deals where you just grind it out and, it, you know, it worked out. I was super blessed. And, I mean, one could only imagine what that deer would be like on a really good year. But, you know what, I, I'll, t- I'll take it as they come. I mean, you, you're never going to pass a 225 up on a good year unless you've killed those before. And I surely have not. I've been a whitetail hunter my whole whole life. So, I mean, to kill a, a mule deer that's... Uh, ended up grossing 225 Pope and Young, I mean, and just is a giant deer, and I was super fortunate, and I mean, I, I couldn't have asked for more, I mean, those guys helped me out, and you know, it, it just all came together, felt super blessed to, to put that deer on the ground, and uh, was fortunate to have Hunt and Fool use it for the cover of their magazine, which is nice, and uh, you know, I just feel super fortunate to, to have had those opportunities. For sure, um, Brian, we, we've dove into the bighorn sheep regulations uh, several years in a row now. You actually wrote a fantastic piece for GoHunt.com for the insider portion of GoHunt.com um, where you basically broke down all of the statistical data of the bighorn sheep uh, for desert and Rocky Mountain for Arizona. And so I want to go over basically this year for anyone that's listening that wants to apply, obviously I believe our deadline is uh, June 11th, uh, and uh, it's it, you know it's coming up. We've got about uh, not quite a month before before the draw is due, um, and I, I, I want to go over these sheep regulations with you. Uh, so I'll kind of let you take the floor, talk a little bit about the sheep draw. Uh, how the draw process works. Let's start there, and then we'll dive into uh, the regulations and start talking about individual units and what have you from there. Yeah, you know, the draw can be very confusing. As an individual who applies for Western states throughout the U.S., you know, I'll be the first to tell you that I don't know all the ins and outs on some of the state's draws that I apply for, but I do know the ins and outs of Arizona's draw. And, you know, some people may say, you know, what's the difference? You know, your odds of drawing are so minute. You know, what does it matter? And, you know, I believe it does matter. Um, I think it's there's some just some really key points to understand. And 
even residents of Arizona don't have a, a good grasp and understanding of how our draw system works. And frankly, that information, a lot of the information on how the draw works is out there on uh, the Game and Fish Department website. It's www.azgfd.com. And you can find, and it will explain how the draw system works. But, you know, I, I took all the information and, and all the data that I've collected and tried to put it into a, you know, simple publication that people can read and understand and utilize to make the most of, of their chief application because, uh, you know, the reality of it is is that you can't afford to be wasting these, you know, opportunities because you just don't know when you're going to draw a tag. And, you know, most of us are never going to live to see maximum bonus point uh, for sheep unless Arizona changes their system. And even then, the odds are extremely slim. Um, you know, just to cover some of the stuff about the draw, you know, the most important thing to understand is that Arizona issues 10% of the total sheep tags to non-resident hunters. They issue 20% of the tags to maximum point holders. And that's over the entire number of sheep tags. Last year there was 111 sheep tags. Um, this year there's going to be 116 sheep tags. But they will issue, again, they're going to issue, you know, 22, likely 22 sheep tags in the max point draw. Usually only one of those goes to non-residents and the rest of them are going to residents. But we're starting to whittle down that max point pool. Uh, this year, max points for Arizona is 30 points. Uh, there are 45 residents that have that and two non-residents. So, if you you know, there's, there's 22 permits out there. There's a you know, there's a pretty good chance that a lot of these guys are going to draw tags. The only issue is, is if they all put in for the same hunt, uh, then they won't draw those tags because there's such a limited number of resources. But just to go over a few just things. To, just uh, to clarify that real fast, Brian, so what you're saying is there's roughly 45, there's 47 people with max points. 45 of them are residents. Two of them are non-residents. There's 22 tags that are going to go to max point holders. If, if you were looking at it just from the face value, you would say, oh, well, 22, so about half of them are going to get drawn this year. But what you're saying is that if those 47 people all apply for the same, let's say, four or five units, they're not all going to draw. Um, so in order to whittle down that max point pool of 47, uh, it's, it's not going to take two years. It might take three or four or five years just because a lot of the guys are chasing after the same tag. Is that what you mean? Yeah, that is what I mean. Um, the benefit, we've never seen it yet, um, but what happens is, is there's 22 tags issued in, those, in that max point pool, and, you know, if they go through the 47 hunters that have max points of 30 right now and they're not able to issue all 22 tags because those guys have put in for the same hunt, then they're going to drop down into the 29-point pool and issue some people tags in the max point draw in that 29-point pool. And, you know, we've never seen that yet. It didn't happen last year. I thought it might. Um, it has not happened because there's always a few out there that are putting, that are putting some of those um, hunts that I would say are not the top-tier desired hunts as their applications. And so we'll see if it happens this year. It would not surprise me if there were a couple tags issued in the max that drop down into that 29-point pool. It just depends on where guys are at, how young they are, what they're trying to do with their sheep, um, with their sheep points. And, you know, I mean, if 
reality is if you're one of the 47 guys that have max sheet points, you're never going to be in that position again in your life, most likely anywhere else. So, I mean, you have an opportunity to that you need to take advantage of, and if your health is good and you're young enough to give it, I would say five or six more years, I think you're pretty much going to be able to get the tag that you want if you're able to wait that long. But odds are guys have been putting in for 30 years are going to be at a minimum, I think, um, probably in their mid-50s. Although I know that when I started putting in, I would, if I had not drawn tags, I would have max points for sheep. And I'm going to be 39 this year. So, I mean, there could be some younger guys in there. And if you're in that pool, man, you got to hold out. Just hold out because it's, it's coming. Your chance is coming. You're never going to have that opportunity again. And so, I mean, I would encourage everyone to, you know, evaluate your situation. If you're 70 years old and can't get around and you need to get a tag, then by all means, do what you got to do to make it happen. Um, but if you're younger and you're swinging for the fences, continue to do so if you've got a few more years left in you. So let, let's talk a few – something that I covered in the GoHunt article, and it's, it's up on GoHunt's website right now. It's only available to insider members uh, at this time. But just to go over a few things that I covered and, and that are important, and, you know, my goal in this article is to give people the most opportunity to draw a tag because the reality is, is that you can't afford to waste these opportunities. I've been fortunate to draw both of my tags in Arizona. So, I mean, I don't have a dog in the fight, although I'm trying to draw tags for my dad and, you know, my wife and, and other family members and friends. But uh, a couple things I think you really, really need to understand is that, one, uh, the way the Arizona's draw works is that there's two phases to their draw, the bonus pass and the one-two pass. And this goes for every species that you apply for. The difference for sheep is that, Max tags are issued for total for all of the sheep together, whereas like if you're talking elk, it's just max tags for that specific hunt code. Unit nine has 100 archery tags. 20% of those tags automatically go to the people with max. For sheep, it's the whole all the units put together. They give 20% of the tags to. Um, but so the bonus pass draws conducted first. So the, they do the max point draw first. And so those individuals with max points have the opportunity at all of the tags before anybody else does who has 29 points or less and is in the random draw. So once they do the bonus pass, they issue all 22 tags that they're going to issue. Um, then they go on to the random draw. And you ask, why is that important? Well, if you're somebody with 29 points or less and you're putting in for the units that typically are drawn in the max draw, then you're wasting your time because there might be a very, very minute chance that you could draw some of the better units in the state, and we'll go over those units um, in the random because usually all of those tags are, are taken by max point applicants. So, And just to reiterate that, Brian, um, we see it every – every single year in the statistics that there's tons of people that apply for the, let's say the two top tier units in the state and mathematically it's not like they had a minute, like they had zero chance, like no yeah, chance. I mean, and, so you... and they've done it for 10 years in a row and they've applied for unit 22 as their first choice. And it's like, you never even had a chance in the draw. You've basically just been, been, 
going through the process, but actually mathematically, you 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 didn't even you weren't even in the game. Yeah, just to give you, we'll talk about twenty two. There's two permits in that unit. That unit is always sought after by the guys with max points. This year alone, there were fifteen hundred and fifty nine applicants for twenty two for two permits. That tag for I don't even know how long has always gone in the max pool. And so all of those people who put in for that hunt are wasting a chance to go sheep hunting because the, mathematically the odds are almost, I mean, there's a minute chance that it could happen, but it's not very likely. So that's one of the reasons why I put this article together because everybody knows 22 has big sheep. It's a fun hunt. But if you don't have max or somewhere 29 points where you think you're going to get to max at some point in your lifetime, stop wasting your time. There are other units that are great, and they'll actually give you a chance to draw a tag. So, and we'll talk about some of the other units. Uh, one of the things I do is break down where all the tags went in the max, you know, what units drew the tags in the max, and then I talk about what units, um, what units had all of the permits go in the max. And typically those units stay pretty much the same um, every year. So it's something you got to be aware of. Uh, otherwise, you're going to waste your waste your points, waste your applications, and waste your time. The uh, the other thing that you know that I think is is important is that only your first two choices matter on your application. They look at your first two choices, and if if you haven't been drawn, then they put you back in the in the pool, and you don't have a chance to draw until everyone else has been gone through, which never happens. So only your first two choices are the ones that matter. So, I mean, you talk about the only way for you to draw a third, fourth, or fifth choice is if there was leftover tax, which doesn't ever happen with sheep. So that's another thing that's, you know, important to pay attention to. And then, you know, if you're a non-resident hunter, don't apply for a unit with one sheep tag because you don't have a chance to draw it. You have to apply for a unit that has at least two tags for them to issue at least a permit to a non-resident. And something to so, point out is looking at the statistics, every single year there's hundreds of applications from non-residents that go to units that only offer one tag, hundreds that apply, it, and they don't right. realize that they, they don't e they're not even offered. Non-resident tags are not even offered, and literally people, there's hundreds that put in for a one-tag unit, not realizing they don't even have a shot at that unit because it's not there's not even a non-resident tag offered. So if you are a non-resident, and I hate to beat a dead horse, but you have to do what Brian says and apply for units with two or more tags or you're completely wasting your pick. Right. So let's talk about last year real quick in Arizona with sheep. Um, it was an exceptional year. Although we had some drought conditions, the, the sheep really didn't show nearly the drought like the antler animals did in Arizona. You know, we had 111 sheep tags last year. There were 95 desert tags and 16 rocky tags. And, you know, amazingly, amazingly enough, that there were five desert rams that grossed over 180 last year and an additional 28 desert rams that grossed over the Boone and Crockett minimum of 168. So that means there were 33 rams of the 94 rams killed last year that that grossed 
at least over 168. I mean, that's that's pretty impressive. And there's not any there was not any state that offers desert sheep hunts that compared to that last year. Um, the Rockies last year, you know, we had 16 permits. There were 15 rams harvested. Eight of the 15 rams harvested scored over 170, with the largest ram being 183 and 4 eighths. And I believe there were two rams killed that uh, surpassed the, that 180, or three rams killed that surpassed that 180. No, I'm sorry, two rams killed that surpassed the 180 mark last year. So, I mean, you know, it, Arizona's not known for, you know, really what I would call giant Rockies, but we do manage to pull a couple of nice ones, and we, on average, almost every ram we kill is over 170. Doesn't so I mean we it was last year was phenomenal uh, as far as sheep are concerned. And this year I would expect it to be as good if not better. Um, the interesting thing is we're going to have again we will have a we're going to have a hundred and this year we are I'm sorry we're going to have 116 sheep tags this year issued in Arizona. Um, of those 116, we're going to see 100 desert tags and 16 rocky tags. So, you know, we're, we're seeing an increase in five desert sheep permits, which is pretty awesome, uh, to say the least. And with that increase in those five permits, there now is going to be three three additional units that are available to non-residents because they're going to have two permits. Uh, we'll touch on them more, but just to mention them, it's 24B South, 24B Wilderness, and 39 East, and, you know, 24B South and 24B Wilderness are great, great hunts, and so having an extra tag in those units is uh, kind of a big benefit there. Uh, if you're those two max point holders as non-residents, there's definitely hunts that you should be looking at and considering depending on your physical capabilities and what you're looking to get out of your hunt. Um, you know, I expect 2019 to be banner. I think well, it'll be a great year. I think we're going to see a lot of... Uh, really good sheep killed, hopefully, but uh, something that plays into the fact of what kind of sheep get killed every year, you know, is always dependent on who draws those tags, you know, because you may have a guy who's 75 years old and can't get around, and, you know, he's tickled to death to shoot a 160 ram, even though he has a great tag, you know, and so it just depends on circumstances and who draws tags, but I think next year should be, you know, a really good year for sheep in Arizona. I agree with that. So, before we dive into um, each unit individually, I think that's what you wanted to go through, correct, Jay? Yes, but before that, you probably want to go over the uh, max pool. Yeah, so that's what I'm going to do. So, last year, you had 17 tags drawn for desert sheep in the max pool and five tags drawn uh, for Rocky Mountain bighorn sheep in the max pool. So 22 South, 24B Wilderness, 24B North, 24B South, 28 South, and 37A the first time, all of those tags were drawn in the max pool by hunters with max points, meaning that if you didn't have max points, you had no chance to draw them. We saw 3132 had one tag drawn by a max point uh, holder, 37B had one tag drawn by a max point holder, 39 West had one tag drawn by a max point holder, 40B Mohawk had one tag drawn by a max point holder, 41 East had one tag drawn by a max point holder, 
44B North had two tags drawn by max point holders, and 45A had one tag drawn by max point holders. And then for Rocky Mountain Bighorn Sheep, um, Unit 1 and 27, which is a combined hunt, both tags went to max point holders, and the Rocky tag in 23, 24A uh, went to a max point holder. 6A, 22 North, the first hunt had only one tag that was drawn uh, by a max point holder, and then 27, 28, the second hunt had one tag that was drawn by a max point holder. So, um, you know, those are the important ones to, to pay attention to. If you want to see the breakdown, uh, you can become a member of Go Hunt. You know, this podcast will be put up on Jay's, uh, so you can always, you know, revert to it and listen to it if you can't remember. But just remember, if you don't have max points, you know, make sure you're making the most of your applications and putting it for uh, those units that uh, you don't think these max point holders are going to totally focus on. And typically, the there's minimal changes each year to where the max guys are focusing their attention. Um, I do think that your 22, 24B tags are probably all going to go in the max, although 24B South and 24B Wilderness increased their their tags by one in each unit. So there may be a slim chance there that one goes in the random. Pretty sure 28 South is going to go in the max. And then everything after that is kind of, uh, up in the air. We'll talk about it as we go through the individual hunts um, and mention, you know, yeah, what a, we think. A couple of them that jump out at me in looking at this max point list is, you know, it kind of surprises me that 40B Mohawk, that there was a max point holder that went for that. 41E surprises me and 45A surprises me. So I would say if you're looking at that list, from my perspective, you know, uh, 40B, 41 East, and 45A, I would not count on those going again this year in the max point pool. Kind of a bit surprising, but I think there's guys out there that, you, like you say, Brian, there's some that get to a certain age and they just say, I want a sheep tag. And there's possibly some that just apply and maybe make a mistake. That's always a possibility. Um, but definitely the 22 South, 24B Wilderness, 24B North, 24B South, and 28 and possibly that 31, 32, you know, era vibe, I, I see it going in the max pool pretty much most of the time. Um, so that that's definitely, from my perspective, something to point out. And interestingly, 44B North, two of the three tags went in the max pool, which historically, um, you know, that, that's been the case, but I've also seen 44B North go in the complete max pool, you know, all the way across the board. Yeah, and the 44B North tag that didn't go in the max pool was drawn by a non-resident. So, I mean, that's kind of crazy. Doesn't yeah. happen very often, but, I mean, you had a little girl who had a tag in there, too, who didn't have max. So, I mean, it, it does happen. Um, but, yeah, I mean, those hunts that you mentioned, the 39 West, the 40B Mohawk, 40, 41East, 45A, those are surprising tags for people to put in with, with max. And, you know, sometimes people get flat out get some bad information um, and in today's world there's enough places to check the facts and check the information and there's enough people that I don't know anybody in the sheep world that's not willing to try and help people who have, are trying to draw tags because the tags are just too hard to come by and so it's not like everyone's 
you know, trying to be secretive. And if, you know, by, by all means, if you have max points and you have a question, freaking send me an email, send Jay an email. I mean, email people that know and we'll do our best to point you in the right direction to get you what you want out of a hunt because, man, you, God knows you've invested all this time and effort and, and money into this opportunity and I don't want to see you squander it. I mean, you know, I don't want to see anybody with max points draw, you know, a tag that really they had no business applying for. So, I mean, just something to think about. Yeah, and Brian, before we dive into each individual unit, and I'm sure we'll cover some of them as we go through it, one of the things that you kind of already pointed out that I wanted to reiterate is uh, some of these units, uh, let's take, for instance, you know, something that's like a 37B, you know, that's a, it's a, you know, two tags, 1,336 uh, people applied. So it's basically a one and if you just take simple odds, one and 668, if you're just trying to break down the units and say, you know, which ones are some of the, you know, highest draw odds and which ones are some of the lowest draw odds. Well, there's a huge difference between a unit like that you have a one and 668 chance and a one and 152 chance. It, you know, right. it's still slim odds, yes, but you have a way better mathematical chance for a 1 in 152 than you do in a 1 in 668. So I think when people are looking, if you don't have max points or you're not one off of max or potentially if you're two off of max and you're super young, anybody else that falls in the category that does not have max points, I mean, I would be looking at some of these units that are in the say a uh, hundred and let's just for I just broke down a couple of these units one in 162 or under so you've got units like you know 12a 12b 13a you've got uh, 13a north you've got 13b south you know 15a 15b 15b west 15c uh, north south uh, uh, you've got uh, 16a south 18b although that might change uh, you've got your, you know, your 16 Bs. These are all under, say, 155, let's say 100, 101 and 160 and under. Uh, you've got your 40 B Tanahas. You've got your 44 A East, a 1 and 125. You've got your 44 A West. Uh, you've got 45 C. You've got 46 A West, 46 uh, B East. I mean, those are the units that if, you know, you want a sheep tag, those are the ones that I think you ought to look at, you know, that you at least have a mathematical better shot. You don't have max, so you, you have to apply if you want to draw in your lifetime. You have to apply for some of those units that are much better than, say, a 1 in 650 or a 1 in 750. Yeah, you're right. I mean, that's that's... That's why the, the numbers matter. I mean, you, it seems so small, but I mean, it, it definitely makes a makes a difference. And you know, it's it's up to you how important it is to you to pay attention and and you know where you want to focus your efforts and understand what your opportunities are and what you're looking to do. So I mean, that's kind of on you on that deal. So I mean, you gotta gotta figure out what you want to do. Yeah, and and looking at the. Uh, draw statistics, and then we'll go through each unit. But just going back to a point that we made earlier about non-resident applicants, if you just look at the very first one of, of Unit 10 last year, 
uh, there were 169 total applicants. There's only one tag, and 36 non-resident applicants applied for that unit. There's not even a non-resident tag available. You take the very next hunt down, 12A, 12B, uh, West, and 13A, there's 162 applications for one tag. 45 of them were non-resident applications. So there's 45 people that applied for that that had a zero. There's not even a non-resident tag offered. Right. And it frustrates me, as, as I know it does you, when you look at the numbers thinking, what are these non-resident, they, they just don't understand. Uh, bump down to, say, 13, uh, 13A, 160 total applicants, 57 of them non-residents for one tag. They don't even have a tag to apply for. And 57 right. people put that as their choice. It, it's mind-blowing. 13B South, 70 non-residents applied for a, a, a tag that they don't even offer non-residents. So if you are a non-resident, hopefully I've beat the point home that you have to apply for tags or for units with two or more tags, period. And every year, hundreds of non-residents don't follow that criteria, which, you know, some of these non-residents are probably thinking, well, don't point it out that they're going to be idiots, you know, but our job, Brian, is to try and help people make good decisions. And so let's dive into each individual unit, and um, I'll let you kick it off. Yeah, um, we'll go into, we'll talk about Unit 9 and 10 um, first. A super, super remote hunt. Uh, obviously, the sheep are doing a little better. We've seen an increase uh, from one tag over the last several years. Now there's going to be two hunts, and they each have one permit. Um, the first hunt is October 1st through the 31st, and the second hunt is going to be November 1st through December 31st, so it's a two-month season. We have a friend, uh, Greg Coons, was in there last year with a hunter. I think it was a young kid in there and they uh they killed a solid ram 154 was a uh, green score it was a seven-year-old ram but it's a very very remote very very rugged hunt um i think there's some potential to shoot a ram in there that's pushing that 160 mark um but it's a hunt you're going to have to devote some time into and work pretty hard in they have killed some good ram i think they killed a mid-60s ram in there last year if i remember correctly so i mean they're definitely there um but you're going to have to devote some time, and that's why the that's why the, the hunt has longer dates because it gives you gives you a little more time to kind of get after it and do what you need to do. Yeah, but you take like the total applicants last year was 169 applicants, and they've added a tag, so they've split it up into two hunts. I mean, you could you could say, okay, well, if there's 169 applicants that applied for it. Let's just say that that stayed the same. You start looking at, you know, a 1 in 85 chance, if you just use simple simple math, of saying, okay, if those same 169 applicants, let's call it 170, uh, apply, you know, let's say they split up and apply for both of those hunts, that's going to be a pretty good odds. But know that if you, you know, you want to hunt the Cataract Canyon, uh, you're going to have your hands full. It's not an easy unit. Um, the reason that, you know, it's been a 60-day season for a long time, uh, you know, but they do they did split it up into two hunts, and there are two tags. Uh, there's not any availability for a non-resident, but if someone's looking for a good draw odds, 
Uh, that's going to be one of the better odds. You know, uh, you know, one in eighty. Uh, there's a couple uh, that are a little bit better than that, but um, I definitely think, from what I've been hearing, that there are some, you know, decent Rams around. Uh, but do not expect a, an easy hunt at all. Okay, let's go to the yeah, next one. Absolutely. And then, so the next hunt, 12A, 12B West, and 13A. Um, I don't have a ton of, you know, knowledge on this hunt by any means. I know it's uh, a remote hunt. I know the Rams are typically not that big. Last year's Ram was greened at one, Greensport 157. He was eight years old. And then 2017 was 145, 2016 was 136. They did kill a 161 in 2015, but I don't think that's the norm. So if you draw a tag like this, the odds are uh, pretty good on paper. Uh, just roughly looks like 1 in 115-ish. Um, you're going to need to devote some time and understand you're probably hunting for a mid-50s ram. And uh, if that's what you're after and that's what you're good with, then I would say by all means put in for it. Um, 12B East, you know, this is kind of an interesting unit. There's two hunts. Both offer three permits, which gives you some pretty decent odds of drawing. But this, again, is extremely remote. Uh, it's a very, can be a very difficult hunt. I know you can be required to use some repelling gear to get some rams out once you knock them down. Um, last year on the first hunt, they killed a 152, 163, and a 98. Um, and then on the second hunt, they killed a 151, 172, and 169. I know the 172 was killed uh, by Russ Jacoby. Uh, Russ Jacoby's hunter, he's a friend of ours, and those guys always got a couple hunters in there. I would tell you to consider this hunt if you're looking to kill a mid-60s ram, but I would seriously consider enlisting some help unless you have uh, some homegrown knowledge of what kind of sheep are there. And frankly, I don't know if this unit can sustain continually killing six rams out of it every year. But it definitely has potential to kill that mid-60s ram, mid to low 60s ram. Um, but it would definitely be a hunt that I would, if I drew the tag, I'd be looking to get some help on because uh, I think it would be the most bang for your buck um, with uh, drawing that kind of a tag. Yeah, with the access a. issues, and, and as far as you've got a hike uh, with the, you know, the, the Pariah Plateau and, and, and some of that country, uh, definitely out of all the sheep units, it's definitely one of the handful that I would say, you know, just like Brian said, enlisting a guide, getting someone that knows how to get around in that country, it, it would be a huge help. Yeah, I agree. Uh, 13A, good hunt. Uh, pretty remote country, but I think what I do know about it, I've known some people that have had the tag. You can get in there. You can find the sheep. It's a pretty solid mid-60s ram type hunt. It can be physically demanding, um, but in general, it's not terrible. It's a pretty standard sheep hunt. But, I mean, I, you know, last couple of years, 163 last year, 164 in uh, 17, and 164 in 16. So solid, solid sheep coming out of there. And, you know, jaws are really good. Uh, it's 1 in 103 because they're not resident to applied. 57 of them don't have a shot at a one-tag unit. So, I mean, you got some pretty good chances to draw that tag. And, uh, you know, it's definitely one to consider. I don't think you're going to scratch out a book ram out of there, but it, it's possible. It's always possible. Just don't expect it. 13B North, that's... Uh, up there on the um, northern end of the Arizona Strip, right on the 
Arizona-Utah border. Uh, that's a good hunt. It's traditionally been pretty good. Big canyon, canyon country. Um, pretty common to be focused on by non-residents, especially your Utah residents, because most your most your people in Utah love to hunt. So, I mean, you get a lot of guys putting in for that 13D North hunt. I mean, there's 893 non-resident applicants last year. I mean, that's a ton of non-resident applicants. Um, there, you know, total applicants was 1,203. You had one person with max apply for it. They killed a 169, a 152, and a 153. I believe the 169 was killed by uh, Ryan Hatch's wife, Alicia Hatch, Alicia Hatch, if I'm not mistaken. So, I mean, Ryan lives right there and knows what he's doing and knows how to get after it, and those guys killed a great ram. Yeah, from what I'm hearing in the in that unit, the quality is definitely slipping a little bit. Um, you know, a lot of those sheep move back and forth between Arizona and Utah. Uh, you've got the Virgin River Gorge there. Um, it's, it is very, very remote. There's some real cliffy um, stuff there. Uh, you can stay in St. George. Uh, you can also camp. Uh, it's always been a unit that obviously with uh, more than the two tags uh, that non-residents have been focusing on. I would say, you know, if you're looking at simple odds, it's, you know, a one in 400. So definitely getting up there in, in difficulty to draw, which most of the, the hunts that are offered to non-residents are, you know, pretty high draw odds, or I should say low draw odds. Um, but uh, definitely not trending up from everything that I've heard. I've got a good friend, Tony Lyle, up there that guides, uh, and definitely, you know, just kind of sustaining, uh, definitely not trending up. I don't know that it's trending down, uh, but, you know, killing a book ram is really pushing it, uh, and I would say moving forward in the next year or two, it's, it, that would be the same. Yep, so we'll move on to 13B South. Uh, this is the southern end of the strip. Very, very remote country. It can be a very difficult hunt. Not known for producing big rams. Last year, there's a 156 killed in there, which is the best ram to come out of there in several years. Um, typically, it's a mid-40s ram. Odds are great um, when you look at it. You know, they're, they're, not, they're not bad odds, but it's understand what you're getting. Um, it's going to be a tough, rough odds if you take out the non-residences, like 1 in 74, something like that. So it's definitely a hunt. That, it's more of an opportunity hunt. Don't expect to kill a big ram. Um, but someone, if you're looking to kill a desert sheep, it, it's got a chance for you to do it. You know anything more about B-South? I know uh, Clay, and Clay has had family that Clay um, Bundy has had family members that have had the tag and they've helped on that hunt so he would be a resource to reach out to and if you're looking for a guide you might be someone that I would consider because they're up there all the time for sure when you look at the next clump of units you know with the 15A 15B 15B West 15C North 15C South I don't think we need to spend a ton of time on these units uh, for those of you that don't know the Nelson I heard uh, there in the Kingman area um, it has had a huge uh, die-off uh, from pneumonia, and quite honestly, we've lost a lot of sheep and a lot of rams. Uh, the only unit that has kind of um, held its own, so to speak, because it had so many sheep in it was uh, 15D North, which 
Um, Dar and I have guided the raffle hunter and general season hunters up there a bunch and know, know that 15D north and south really well. I think the only reason it's kind of weathered the storm, so to speak, is that there, are, there were so many sheep in the unit. Uh, but if you look at the 15A, B, 15B West, C North, uh, 15C South, uh, they've literally been decimated. Uh, and anybody that's applying for those 15 units needs to really make sure they understand that uh, it's nothing like what it used to be. The RAM numbers, the total sheet numbers are way, way down. Uh, they still are open. They, you know, I think one of the things I talked to a biologist, and, you know, they're nervous to shut a unit down because they feel like it's harder to bring a unit back, if that makes sense. So they're going to leave, you know, one tag, you know, in each of those units. But anybody applying for those 15 units, just know that it's, it's a far cry of what it was, you know, five or six years ago. Um, things were looking very, very good. And, Brian, that's one thing to point out when we're talking about a lot of these units. We've talked before how... You know, you and I love to see the quality of sheep, and you talk about, you know, like 30% or more of the sheep last year that were killed in Arizona as far as deserts were book rams. We love to see that. Um, but then we have a pneumonia breakout, and it kind of sinks back into us to realize that there was a lot of rams that just died uh, of pneumonia that, you know, if we would have maybe possibly been a little more liberal with our tags, you know, some, some hunters could have harvested those rams. Instead, they're just, you know, laying out there to rot. So I, I see it both ways. Um, unless you had something specific about those units, Brian, um, I'll let you keep going. Yeah, no, I'll skip over them. I mean, they're just average unit. You're looking to shoot a one mid-40s to mid-50s ram, you know, just understand what you're getting into. Uh, we'll look at 15D North, which you kind of touched on. Four permits, always a big, big focal point of non-resident applicants. There was 1,085 non-residents that applied there, 1,905 total applicants. Last year, you saw one individual with max points who applied for the hunt. Uh, was a pretty good Nelson Eye unit, you know, six, five, six years ago. It's been struggling. Still managed to produce um, one book ram last year and a couple that were real close. It was a there's a 163, 165, 172, and a 146 killed last year. So I do think it's probably going to produce another book ram this year. Uh, it's managed to do so every year since the outbreak, and I think that'll continue. Um, the numbers are not what they, what they once were. It's going to require time, and uh, but it can still be a good hunt, and there is still some super remote country in there that, uh, that can you know, hold a good ram. Yeah, and the north is pretty cool because it has some really good access areas and then it has some real inac inaccessible areas. So it's kind of the best of both worlds. I've hunted it a lot. Um, it's a really fun unit. Uh, but it was usually fun because you saw a ton of sheep. Now you see, you know, say a fifth of the sheep that, that we were used to seeing. It's not near as fun. Um, it was always great. I mean, I can remember days, I think I counted 73 sheep in one morning from one spot. Uh, you know, the same spot today, you know, you're probably going to go and see 15. Uh, so it's a far cry from where it was, uh, but like Brian said, it's still producing uh, big rams as well as, Brian, if we bump down to 15D South, uh, which for years uh, 15D was just, you know, not north or south. It was all one unit. 
then they've split it into north and south and they went back to all one unit now they're back to you know north and the south the south uh, has a lot more wilderness area uh, is is not as user friendly I still think there's a potential for an older ram that hasn't died of pneumonia yet um, and you know there's always a chance to shoot a, a decent ram in the south part of the unit uh, and uh, it last year I think there was 760 total applicants uh, 418 of those were non-residents uh, so if you're just doing simple odds you know one in 380 uh, so not that not the greatest of odds uh, for sure but there is quality there um, nothing like what it was four or five years ago but you know I could see shooting a mid 60s even potentially a book ram uh, potentially in that south unit yeah, last year the hunters killed a 151 and a 164. One thing I want to mention about 15D North and 15D South, as a bow hunter, those are units that I think that you can look at as a bow hunter to kill a desert ram with your bow um, because you'll have some opportunity. It's not as great as it once was um, with the die-off, but still have quite a few sheep in there that you can look at and get to chase around. So it's if you're looking to try and kill a desert sheep with your bow, it might be a, a hunt to consider. Definitely. Uh, we'll jump over to 16A, which uh, last year had 311 total applicants. 161 of them were uh, non-residents, so fairly decent draw odds. Um, hunters struggled in there last year. They killed a 143 and a 128. Uh, the year before that, they killed a 166 and a 150. So, I mean, it's a tough unit, not known for big rams. Jay, do you know if they've been impacted at all by pneumonia, or is that unit pretty 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 safe well from what I've heard it's it's you know relatively uh, untouched as far as the pneumonia goes um, from what I've heard uh, there also is a smattering of um, Mexicana sheep uh, in that 16a there's all obviously also Nelson I uh, but all of 16a both 16a what I would call the northern part uh, and 16A South do have some Mexicana uh, sheep in there as well. Um, you know, the one thing about 16A, uh, it's such a big unit. You know, you've got the Mojaves. You've got basically seven different mountain ranges, uh, and there's a lot of country uh, in, in this unit of 16A, talking about hunt code number 6015. And then if you take the, uh, the other units, 16A South and 18B, which obviously Jason Carter shot his giant ram uh, in there last year, I think that's going to get some attention. Um, but 16A is definitely one that's on my radar always as it's big enough and remote enough and kind of big, nasty country, uh, hard to get around. It does have some decent access, but it's big. Uh, there can always be a big ram that, that shows up in 16A. Um, you know, if the right hunter draws that hunt, um, you know, and if you're, if you're a guy that, you know, has a ton of time to put into a hunt, I definitely think 16A is, is a sleeper um, to find a big ram. And I can also see both hunters that draw the 16A uh, unit struggling and I think we've seen that in the statistics over the years right no I agree so um we'll look at 16 16a south and 18b um this was kind of a not really well-known unit 
until what I would say until this last season. Uh, Jason Carter from uh, Epic Outdoors had the tag and killed just an absolute stomper of a ram um, that went like 183 gross. And, uh, you know, he's posted some videos on his page and, you know, there's a lot of sheep in the unit. Kind of a different looking ram, just giant, giant bases. Um, and so I think that this unit's going to get some extra attention because of the fact that he killed that ram and it was pretty well known. And so I would, I would definitely expect some max point guys to kind of look at this unit and be like, and apply for this unit based on what happened last year in some of those videos. Um, it is a unit that seems to me like you could bow hunt fairly successfully and have some opportunity there. So it's something to consider. I do think your applicant numbers are going to go way up next year. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Jason's Ram had over 17-inch bases. I think it was only 34 and a half long, but it's the largest Nelson I ever shot in the state of Arizona. I want to say it was official. Uh, gosh, I, I, I don't remember. It was like 183 net, something like that, maybe high, high 82, 182 net, but um, made it the largest. Uh, Nelson I ram before that Claude Warren had harvested a ram uh, with Dar and I on the raffle that was always the largest Nelson I ram but Jason's ram exceeded that just an unbelievably massive ram my hats off to him uh, him and Adam for uh, finding that bugger and um, it's always nice to see guys that really love sheep um, you know get a tremendous ram like that um, Brian, I want to take a quick second here uh, before we go any further and thank the sponsors of this podcast. I want to thank GoHunt.com. Cody Nelson, uh, my friend of 20-plus years, I call him the glassing guru. He is the optics manager at GoHunt.com uh, there at the gear shop. And if you have any optical needs at all, binoculars, spotting scopes, tripods, anything to do with glassing, uh, give Cody a call. He'll, he'll cut you a great deal. You can reach him at 702-847-8747, that's extension 2, or you can email him directly at optics at gohunt.com. I also want to thank gohunt.com insider uh, and remind you guys that if you go to uh, gohunt.com forward slash Scott, you can sign up for the gohunt insider. Uh, and if you do that, you are going to get a uh, $50 Go Hunt Gear Shop gift card automatically for signing up. Also, want to thank Kuyu. Uh, that's uh, Kuyu.com, K-U-I-U.com. Uh, that is the ultralight hunting gear that I wear. I know Brian, you wear a lot of the Kuyu gear. Um, know you on your sheep hunts and stuff. You you definitely leaned on Kuyu uh, for for some great gear. Uh, I want to thank Canyon Coolers. Uh, you can go to canyoncoolers.com, use the JScott19 promo code to get a 10% uh, discount. Uh, Phonescope.com, that's the uh, device that I use for all the digiscoping photos and videos on my Instagram page. Uh, you can go to phonescope.com, use the JScott19 promo code. You're going to get a 10% off uh, discount on all orders. And then onxmaps.com, use the JScott19 promo code to get 20% off all orders there at onxmaps.com. I use Onyx every day, hunting and fishing. Uh, it's got the private public uh, overlay where you can see where you're at. Uh, it's got uh, Aerial. It's got Topo. Just a great, great resource. Onyxmaps.com. Use the JScott19 promo code. Get a 20% discount. Okay, Brian, uh, next unit is 16B. 
Uh, there's one tag in 16B. I'll let you run with that. Yeah, this is kind of a, uh, it was just kind of a quiet unit for the most part, but uh, I, I don't, I haven't even seen a picture of this Ram, but last year the Hunter killed a 175 Ram in there, which is absolutely not the norm. I mean, uh, average is mid-50s, and so to the Hunter that had that tag and killed that giant, congratulations, but I haven't seen a picture of this Ram at all. Um, typically, fairly good draw odds, uh, roughly looking at 1 and 120, so not terrible, and to kill a Ram of that that you know, size out of there, that's just absolutely incredible. Yeah, no, it's a neat unit. Um, you can access it from the river. Uh, it's got some remote countries. So, I mean, the, I always have said that there's a chance for, you know, pretty good RAM. If you look back at the last few years, you know, there was a 163, a 165. And if you go all the way back to, let's see, 14 and 13, uh, if you go back to... Let's see, uh, last year, obviously, a 175, and then kind of mid-150s, and then all of a sudden, boom, last year, a, a 175. I think that's something to point out, Brian, when uh, the listeners, if you're looking at these units and, and going back, you know, if, if you have all the data that Brian and I have, you can, you know, go back 10 years or so, and you can start seeing some of those trends in some of these units where maybe they go like five years in a row and kill like 150s type units. Well, or like 150 type rams. Sometimes those units kind of tell me that hey, there's a ram or two that has gotten older and has slipped through the cracks, and potentially they're you know for a book type ram. Uh, one thing you also have to look at if, if the biggest ram ever harvested out of the unit is say a mid 50s ram, that would tell me genetically maybe that's not a unit that if you're looking for a book type ram you need to be in, but. When you're analyzing all of these units, sometimes you pick a unit that's maybe two or three years where nothing really great's been shot. There, that gives you a chance of, say, a ram, you know, that was, you know, six years old. All of a sudden, he's nine years old now, and he's a book ram. So don't always go off of, you know, and maybe, Brian, you can kind of follow up what I'm saying, but... You can follow those trends, and if you had, let's say, a one-tag unit and three hunters in a row, let's say, were guys that maybe didn't know what they were doing, that allows a certain ram or two to go three or four years and get some age on them, and, you know, all of a sudden, a 175 gets shot. That's just because those rams are able to grow up and get a little age and, you know, grow their horns out. So keep that in mind when you're looking at some of these units. Yeah, and I mean, I mentioned it earlier, you don't know who the hunter is that draws these tags. I mean, that plays a huge factor in this. If you have a guy who's young and able to get after it and has, a, you know, a family that he can step away from for three weeks at a time and, you know, can go up there and grind it out, you know, that guy's probably going to kill a better ram than the person who's a weekend warrior and sees the first full curl one mid-150s ram and, and hammers him. So, I mean, you just have to understand... You know, hunters can definitely play play a role in the quality of animals that are harvested, um, because a, a lot most guys that draw sheep tags have never even been on a sheep hunt before. So there's a steep, steep learning curve to figure out, you know, what's going on. So I mean, the hunters play a big role in the quality of the animal that's harvested for sure. Uh, I think next, next is unit. 22, right, Jay? Yep. Yeah, 22. 
the lake units over there, uh, always been great units. Um, kind of, I would say, shot out a lot of the really good rams, unfortunately. Um, there are still some super quality rams in there. It's still an exceptionally fun hunt. Tags are always drawn in the max. Traditionally, last year, there were 14 individuals in the max who applied. Two of those guys drew the tag. Uh, they killed a 171 and a 177 last year, and we don't. Uh, we know both of the both groups of hunters that were in there on those hunts, and those guys know that unit pretty well. So I mean, I feel pretty comfortable that you know they got after the best rams they could find, and they 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 do their homework and have the knowledge. So I mean, I think it's a solid unit for a mid 70s ram, and I think you can scratch out a depending on the year, scratch out a ram that's over 180. Uh, it just depends on how hard you're going to work. I know I'll let you run with the Jay. you got a lot more experience in actually hunting that unit than I do. Um, so go for it. Yeah, you know, 22 is one of those that um, I think it's finally taken its toll of, of pretty high ram numbers um, and a lot of broken horns, a lot of chipped horns. Uh, you know, a lot of rams that might be over that 180-inch mark, but they're pretty beat up. Uh, and it, it's a super fun hunt. Uh, you know, you can access Unit 22 off of the, the, the river system. Uh, basically, you've got the uh, Saguaro Lake, Canyon Lake, and Apache Lake. As you're driving upriver or up lake, I would call it, everything on your left-hand side uh, is going to be Unit 22. Uh, you can basically view sheep from all three lake systems. Uh, Canyon Lake is probably the center point of, of Unit 22. Uh, it's still a super fun unit to hunt. Uh, the numbers are not quite what they used to be. Uh, they have done quite a bit over the last five or six years transplanting out of that unit, taking sheep and moving them into other areas. Um, and I think that's hurt the unit a little bit, as well as the rams that are there that have some age on them have beat themselves up pretty good. Uh, I know my friend Seth Maskey was in there last year and, and reported a lot of rams that were, you know, really nice, you know, quality, mature rams, but really beat up. So just keep that in mind. I was always one that would say 22 is, you know, the best unit in the state of Arizona year in and year out. Uh, as far as upper-end quality, total, uh, you know, gross score, uh, I don't think that's the case. You know, I'm, I'm thinking that the 24s, 24B South is probably, you know, the best unit in the state of Arizona. But 22 is always a great unit. It's a lot of fun to hunt. Uh, you've got very good access off of the lake change. You also have some areas that you can access that, that are off the lake, uh, but definitely always in the top couple of, of units that I would say are the premier units in Arizona. It's just the cream has been taken off the top quite a bit in there. Yeah, and the reality is, I mean, it's an exceptionally fun hunt. Odds are you should reasonably be able to kill a 170 ram in there. And if you're someone who's looking to kill a ram with your bow, um, it's also a bow hunter friendly unit where you can get it done. Uh, with a really solid ram. I mean, we have a couple friends that have done that hunt and made it happen with a bow. So still a great hunt. Uh, just understand, probably not going to kill the biggest ram in the state out of 22. 
Yeah, and something to point out too, Brian, that uh, you sent me a, a statistic breakdown. Uh, 14 of the max point uh, applicants applied for Unit 22. Obviously, both tags, two of the tags went in the max pool, but it's the second highest uh, max point uh, unit. In, in other words, 14 of those, what did you say, 47? Uh, obviously, last year the number was higher, but uh, 14 of those applied for Unit 22. The other one that was higher was 24B South, which had 16 max point holders apply for that. But year in and year out, 22 uh, always goes in the max pool and always is, you know, has the most pressure from the max point pool. Right. Um, next, we got 24B Wilderness. So this is basically the um, east end, southeast end of Mesa, so to say, right outside of town. Uh, really good unit. Can be physically demanding because you're hunting in some of the wilderness stuff, but traditionally is always producing 175 plus sheep. Um, it's produced, the smallest ram killed in the last five years is 173. Uh, this year it produced a 182 ram, and I know that Hunter was a uh, younger, abled individual who was in pretty good shape to get around and made the most of a great tag and killed an absolute giant ram um, early on in that hunt. This unit is kind of interesting and should kind of pique some interest in everyone is because they've taken it from one permit to two permits. So last year, draws were 1 in 370. Uh, I think it's pretty safe to say you're going to see it probably a double in that number of applicants this next year, if not more. Uh, total number of max applicants who applied was seven last year, and obviously the only tag that was issued last year was drawn in the max. I think there's a slim chance that, that one of the two tags in this unit could go in the random. Um, I yeah, want to guarantee I agree with you. Yeah. Go ahead. I agree with you on that. Uh, something else to point out about this wilderness, these two tags, is it's gone from one to two. Uh, so it's, it's sister unit, let's call it 24B South. If you draw one of those tags, not only can you hunt 24B South, but you can also hunt 24B South and the area within inside the, the wilderness. But the wilderness hunters have to stay inside the wilderness. In other words, uh, the, the people that draw the 24B South kind of have the best of both worlds because they can hunt non-wilderness and wilderness, but to be clear, you have to stay in the wilderness area when you draw this 24B wilderness tag. I'm with you, Brian, in the fact that, uh, you know, the smallest ram has been 173. I think it's a phenomenal hunt for uh, anyone that draws it, but for sure any residents that draw it uh, with Max that live in the valley, you can do a ton of scouting really close to the valley. Yes, it is wilderness, and there is some extremely rugged country, but there's also some stuff that you can literally pull up and glass from a vehicle on a paved road. So um, while it has every bit of the wilderness extreme uh, aspect to it, it does have some urban-type feel to some of the unit, and super high-quality chance of a big ram is always uh, eminent in this unit. Yep. Um, I think we covered south, so we'll go to 24B North, um, which is a great unit. 
over there along the lake. You know, uh, draws last year roughly were one in four seventy seven. Another unit that produced a great ram last year, which was a one hundred eighty two inch ram. You know, it's typically known to produce rams in the mid seventies. Um, it's pretty normal, but there's some really what I would call inaccessible country in that unit um, that can make it where you could physically find rams that you may not physically be able to kill. Or if you did kill them, you may not physically be able to get them out. Uh, I do know the auction hunter last year killed a ram in there uh, that was 175 in 24B North. So two rams came out of it last year, uh, two really, really good rams. Another great, great opportunity um, at a big, big... Uh, ram, but it was sought after last year by eight individuals with Max, and it was drawn by an individual with Max. I suspect it will also be go to someone with Max points again this year. So if you're not in that Max pool, um, I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't be putting in for 24B North. And if you are someone that has Max points, if it was me, I might look at 24B North as a second choice, but I'm not sure I would make it my first. But uh, it just depends on what your what your goals are. There it can be a very difficult unit. Like you can see big rams that you may not be able to get to. Another thing to point out about 24B North is the sheep from 24B South move kind of back and forth. Uh, also, as far as access, you have areas that are not on the lakes. But then when you start talking about uh, Canyon Lake and Apache Lake, as you're moving upriver. Uh, so everything on your right of the lake chain of Canyon Lake or Apache, everything on the right-hand side will be 24B North, um, and you can access a lot of 24B North off of both Canyon and Apache, as well as there are areas that border 24B South that you can uh, access as well. The one thing I do like about uh, 24B North is it's a one-tag unit, uh, with quality, so you've got the whole month to be able to pick over the entire unit. Uh, if you're someone that has a ton of points, if you have max points from a fun hunt, as far as not having to deal with any other hunters, I love the one-tag units that have super high quality. 24B North would be towards the top of my list if I had max and just wanted to have a fantastic hunt. Uh, you may not kill the biggest ram in the state, but you always, when you're hunting there, have a chance to kill one of the biggest rams in the state. So definitely high on my list. Yes, sir. Uh, next we'll go to 24B South. Um, this is another unit that is known for producing some big rams. It'll be the first year that we see two tags in the unit. As Jay mentioned earlier, you can also hunt 24B uh, the wilderness section as well as 24B South. Last year, the one tag was drawn in the max. This is the unit that was most sought after by individuals with max points last year with a total of 16 people applying for this tag. Um, last year, the hunter that drew, drew in the max, and ironically, he killed a solid 168 ram, but that's the smallest ram killed in the unit over the last five years. And I think it goes even further than that. But uh, over the last five years, it's the smallest ram killed in there. So there's probably some, still some really good rams in there to be chased. Uh, if I'm a guy with max points who's looking for an opportunity at a 180-plus ram, I would 
definitely, definitely be looking at 24B South. Um, you might have to deal with an auction hunter in there, and you will deal with some of the uh, 24B Wilderness hunters if you decide to hunt the wilderness because you find something good over there. But it uh, definitely should be on your radar if you got max points. Yeah, I mean, year in, year out, 24B South has some of the biggest trams in Arizona, and it has for, you know, I would say at least the last 10 years, historically, the you know, definitely the top, you know, five rams in the state, always some of them come out of 24B South. Uh, it's got some really accessible areas and some really inaccessible areas. Um, doesn't have tons and tons of sheep, but where there are sheep, it's fairly pockety. There's, you know, pretty good numbers. Uh, again, for someone that lives in uh, Phoenix would be a phenomenal hunt because of the ability to scout so much and have access to, you know, be looking at rams every afternoon if you wanted to. Uh, definitely super high on my list uh, of, of quality. Uh, would love to guide in that unit and um, just really like everything about it. I think I think with this year going in the non-resident pool, adding one more tag, I think it's going to get hammered with uh, applications. Uh, you know, I believe all of the tags are going to go in the max point pool, in my opinion. Yeah, I don't think there's any question that those tags are going to go in the max, and uh, rightfully so. I mean, it's been a big producing unit for a long time. Okay, you there? Yep. I think 28 South is uh, next. Yeah, this is, um, I believe this is the unit that I think if you're a guy with match, you should definitely, definitely be considering. Um, the last two years, it's produced rams that are mid-180s. Uh, in 2017, it produced a ram that was 185. Last year, it produced the biggest ram in the state, which was 189.3. Um, it's come on strong. There are some other really good rams in the unit. And pretty sure you're going to see both these tags go to guys with max points, um, and rightfully so. Uh, this two or three people that I give advice to who have max points, uh, this is where I am telling them to look into and can definitely take a strong consideration um, because it's 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 caught fire the last two years and I think it's probably going to continue. Yeah, and uh, Craig Shelley, um, just an awesome awesome dude. I really like Craig Shelley. He was he's one that I would call as an old timer, old old timer for sheep. Um, just an awesome guy. He shot just an absolute monster of a ram. He had uh, help from a guy named Matt Holcomb. Um, but, but, you know, two years in a row, it's produced, you know, two giant rams. Um, hearing that there's other great rams in the unit, uh, definitely if you have max points, uh, would, would, you know, highly consider this unit. Uh, it, it can be pretty remote. Um, Access can be tough. Uh, and I think that's, you know, goes to, to show on these units that there's some giant rams is most of the time, you, you know, access is fairly tough and country is fairly steep and rugged. But uh, like Brian said, definitely should be at the top of your list uh, to consider if you have max points. If you don't have max, I would definitely not apply for this. I think, I think it's going to get hammered with max point holders. I would say you're absolutely correct. 
next on our list is 3132. This unit, you know, in the 90s was known as one of the up top units in the state. Uh, it kind of fell off for a bit, and I, it's kind of uptrending right now. Um, it's going to go from two tags to three tags in 2019. So a pretty substantial number of applicants last year was 934 applicants. Only two people in the max applied for this tag, and one of them drew. So this is a hunt that if you're not a max point holder and you know, you're looking for a good tag with an opportunity to kill a, a real solid ram. This is something I think you gotta you gotta put on your list and, and and really really consider. Last year, the two rams that were killed were 175 and 180. The 180 ram was a net ram that I actually measured that uh, was shot by a young girl, and it, she killed it with her bow, and it, it netted 180. It had like 38 inch horns and you know, a little over 15 and a half inch bases. I mean, just a beautiful, beautiful sheep. So uh, it's definitely something that I would look at um, if you're an individual who doesn't have max points and are considering a hunt where you really want to kill a solid, solid sheep. Um, and if you're that, that hunter that does have max and is looking for maybe a good second choice option, this might be something you consider uh, if you're trying to kind of draw a tag. This unit is bow huntable, um, and, it, you know, it has the genetics to produce some giants. So it's not a matter of genetics. It has produced giant rams in the, in the past. Yeah, I think the thing that's held it back from some time is, you know, some lion predation. Uh, Air Viper Canyon, though, historically, you know, it's, it's, it's got the, you know, Arguably the best genetics in the state of Arizona. Uh, definitely high on the list of quality for sure. Uh, jumping to 37A, Brian, um, I'll let you run with this, but, uh, you know, three tags and three tags. I think they'll shoot some good rams this year, but I'm worried about next year about quality. Uh, I think it's a little bit too much pressure uh, on some of those older rams, and I think you'll see quality slip. Yeah, I mean, just... You know, just as an example, this last year, you know, they killed three rams that were 175 plus, and then they killed a 165 ram. In 2017, they killed four rams that were all over book, with the biggest thing in 183. And 2016 was when the unit was split. Uh, they've added a tag for each hunt this year, so you're going to see you're going to see six rams come out of this unit this year, and I just don't know of a unit that can that can handle six mature rams being removed out of it, you know, consistently. So probably going to be a good hunt this year. Definitely going to be a couple of 170-type sheep killed. It has produced 180 rams in the past. But I just, I'll be, this is one I'll be interested to see how the year shapes out with next year. Um, with the six permits, three on the first hunt, three on the second hunt, definitely a consideration for someone looking to kill a 170 ram who doesn't have max points. Uh, if you're a max point holder and you're looking for an op a good opportunity second hunt, I'm sorry, second choice, I might be looking at the first hunt to have first dibs of those three hunters in there because, I mean, last the last two years it's produced basically four book rams. So if you can be one of the first three in there, good chance you could kill, you know, a 170-plus ram. 
Uh, it's right there on the south end of, or I'm sorry, the north end of Marana in Tucson. And the sheep are pretty much confined to one portion of the mountain range. I mean, the, most of them are consistently in the same spot. A lot of vegetation in there, though, so it can make it difficult to find them. Um, so you might have to spend a few days in there, but definitely, definitely have the opportunity to produce uh, produce some good sheep. I'm, it'll be one to watch, though, because I just I don't see how any unit can sustain killing six mature rams out of it every year. I agree with that, Brian. Uh, you take 37B the next hunt. Um, it's actually two tags. And if you look at what they did in 37B last year, they killed a 173 and a 170 uh, the year before that. Uh, let's see, they killed a uh, 174, a 167, uh, and then in 2015, a 170. This is by Superior, Arizona. It's picket post. Uh, definitely, I think, trending up. Definitely always a chance for a good ram here. Um, you know, a, a good solid unit for sure. Definitely can shoot a book ram uh, if you work at it in this unit. Right, and it's definitely a good hunt. Um, you're going to have to to work at it, but, I mean, the numbers show that you can kill a good one. Um, last year, one tag was drawn by a max point holder, but only two guys focused on putting in for it. So, you know... And I believe the one guy with max points who drew the tag ended up donating it to Outdoor Experience for All. So that means he got all of his bonus points back. So he could potentially be putting back in for this tag again uh, as a max point holder because I'm pretty sure he donated his tag to Outdoor Experience for All. Um, the next hunt is 39 East. This is another hunt. The last of the three hunts where we see uh, a one-tag increase, making it have two tags in it, which now makes it eligible for non-residents. Um, if you're a non-resident, basically 39 East is an opportunity hunt. You're, you're looking to draw a desert sheep tag with a chance to kill a ram in the mid to upper 50s, low 60s. Uh, last year, it killed a 148. 2017 was a 163. They did kill a 171, so genetics can be there. Pretty remote, pretty rugged, not great sheep numbers. Um, you're going to have to work at it, but don't expect to be putting in for this unit and kill a giant. But if you're just looking to draw a desert sheep tag and you're a non-resident who doesn't have max points, I would definitely, definitely consider putting in for 39 East um, if your goal is to kill a desert sheep, regardless of, you know, you're not trying to kill the biggest sheep on the mountain. I don't have any real knowledge. I uh, had a friend hunted in 2015 and killed a mid-150s ram. Um, not super high quality, but you never know. They did kill a 170-type you know, ram out of there in, in 16. So, you know, it's definitely possible. Uh, 39 West, we'll go into that next. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of the same story, similar story as 39 East. It's produced generally produced a few bigger rams, so, I mean, I, you can reasonably expect a 160-type sheep. Uh, last year, someone drew it in the max. It's definitely not one that I would expect a max point holder to apply for unless he has some homegrown knowledge or he's just simply looking to draw a tag. The, you know, the draws were roughly 1 and 210 or 215, 
so it wasn't crazy uh, good draws by any stretch of the means. Um, and it's just average rams. So, I mean, if you're a non-resident without max, definitely hunt to consider um, because you're looking for chances to draw. And if you're a resident without max, something to consider because the max guys are not really focused on it. The next hunt is 40A. Uh, this hunt has produced big rams in the past, always has potential to produce big rams in the past because it's very kind of, has a lot of rolling hills as well as some bigger mountains in it and a lot of vegetation. So you really have to get into the hills to, to look at the sheep. You can't sit up five miles away and spot these sheep. You're going to have a lot of illegal activity uh, going on in 40A, so just be aware of that. Um, last year, the hunter in there killed uh, a 173. Um, he was helped by, a, I think it's Eric Hunt's brother, that killed it in Great um, Ram. You know, Arizona does it out there. Those guys have hunted in there before. You know, they have homegrown knowledge. The other hunter who did it on his own killed a 149. And so, I mean, that, the 149 is really not indicative of what's in there. In 2017, they killed a 159 and a 161. And then... Uh, if you go all the way back to 2015, they killed a 179 and a 178. So the genetics are there. It's going to require some time. You're going to have to look over some sheep. You're going to deal with busted stocks, whether it be Border Patrol or, um, you know, illegal immigrants crossing the border in the desert there. You might deal with some issues in your camp here and there. So be aware if that's what you're going to put in for that you could deal with that. But it's definitely a unit you can, drop, you can jump out of, you know, a 170-plus ram. And no one last year with Max looked at the unit or applied to the unit, so it's something to definitely, definitely consider. Next, you've got the 40B Gila's, uh, four tags. Uh, this is north of Cipriano Pass. Uh, if you look at the numbers last year in uh, the Gila's, uh, they killed a 153, a 165, a 157, a 156. Um, I know two years ago Preston Mercer had the tag in 2017. Uh, he killed a, a really nice ram. He killed a 173. But in 17, they killed a 165, a 165, a 155, and a 173. Uh, if you bounce back to 16, they did kill a 169. And in 15, they killed a 161. You know, it's a lot of rams to be harvested out of that unit, but there is quite a bit of sheep. I don't know a ton about the unit, um, but I think it's a mid-60s, you know, type of type of unit. And if you look at the application numbers there, uh, you've got uh, 953 applicants for four tags. So that's kind of a 1 in 238. Um, shot definitely uh, got some non-resident pressure. I believe 549 of those applicants were non-residents. Uh, and it doesn't look like any of the tags were put in by max point holders and no uh, tags were drawn by max point holders. Uh, talk about the, what, the Tanaha Ultas next, Brian? Uh, yeah, I have. I guess we got the Mohawk Coppers. coppers. Yeah, 40B yeah, so, hot coppers. Good hunt. Not 
you're not going to kill a great big ram in there. You're going to work for it. You know, expect upper 50s, low 60s is pretty standard expectations. It's had a lot of tags in the past, and they've cut them back. Um, this will be the fourth season where it's only had two permits in there. You know, it's an opportunity hunt, good experience, reasonable opportunity to kill a mid-60s ram. Going to require some days in the field and for you to look over and cover some country. Fairly decent draws, not great. Uh, last year there was one person who drew it in the max. That is not the norm by any stretch. Um, but if you're someone without max points, definitely a unit to consider, definitely a unit to put in for and think about. Uh, the and next we've unit, got the 40-beat uh, Tanaha Altas, uh, two tags. Last year there were 591 applicants. Uh, two people in the max point pool applied for it. None of them drew it. Uh, 317 of those were non-residents. Uh, if you look at the quality there that has been uh, taken, uh, last year they killed a 164 and a 163. The year before that, they actually killed two really good rams, 173 and a 177. The year before that, 176 and a 155. And the year before that, a 164. Uh, there was that ram, the ghost ram that they always talked about that would move back and forth from Mexico. That ram, from what I hear, did not show up last year. Um, it was a real tight curled, you know, you know, curl and a half type ram, crazy looking ram. Uh, so, I mean, definitely the chance of shooting a good ram is possible. Uh, borders right there, Mexico, and, and has some definite, has some remote countries, sheep kind of move in and out of there. Uh, I don't know a ton about it. Uh, super rugged, fairly remote, but I mean 170 average over the last four years, so you can't knock that. Not typically a big focal point of, of, uh, of your max point holder, so I mean it's definitely going to give you a shot to draw these tags. So I would definitely consider it and think about it and go, you know, depending on what you're looking to do with your points, it's definitely something that's worth considering, you know what I mean? Yeah. What's that, Stan? You there, Brian? Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah. Sorry, I lost uh, Nick. Next unit is 41 East, uh, the Eagle Tails, two tags. Uh, this is east of Gateland, Palomas, Harquahela Road. Uh, the Eagle Tails uh, have uh, quite a bit of wilderness area, quite a bit of road, you know, uh, roadless areas. Uh, and then there are some areas that you can access by a vehicle. Uh, if you look at what's been sh harvested there over the last four years, the quality has not been very good. A 158, two 158 rams last year, a 160 and a no harvest in 17, a 164 in 16 and a no harvest and a 148. Uh, historically, the Eagle Tails, you know, Garth Carter killed a giant ram there, oh, 15 years ago. Uh, it, you know, it used to be kind of the, one of the crown jewels of western Arizona. And it just has not bounced back since then. Um, don't know a ton about the Eagle Tails. I've been in it a little bit. But, uh, you know, definitely one of those that potentially a, you know, good ram could be in. 
but over the last four years, um, you know, the biggest they've done is a 164. So, you know, kind of a high high 150s type unit uh, if you look at the numbers. Yeah, it's typically not sought after in the max, although last year one guy did tag in the max. Uh, 41 West is a unit that's going to see some extra attention this year because uh, Hunter in there killed an absolute stud. I think he actually netted like a little over 185 uh, in that unit. The other Hunter killed a 163. So it hasn't seen a ton of excitement or attention over the years, but uh, that's where Clay killed his Ram, right, back in 2016? Yeah, I mean, so the genetics are there. Um, you know, they're, they have killed some giant Rams over the years there. Brian Cochran um, shot his Ram. I got to meet him, a really cool guy, a, a, a law enforcement officer uh, from the Phoenix area, uh, Gilbert area. Uh, shot a big old beautiful, I want to say it was 38 or 9 inches long, maybe even 40 inches long on the Longhorn, and just a beautiful ram. Uh, I agree with you, it, you know, with him shooting that ram and with, you know, Clay shooting the ram a couple years before, it's going to get, I believe, it's, it's getting more pressure. It's going to get some more attention for sure, but rightfully so. Um, you know, anytime good rams like that come out of there, they get quite a bit more people looking at them. I believe there were 484 applicants. 281 last year were non-residents. Would not surprise me if that number doubled this year. Um, you know, probably up to you know six, seven hundred applicants uh, for that unit. Wouldn't surprise me at all. I agree. I agree with you on that. I think you're going to see a bunch more people jump on that bandwagon. Um, next unit is 42 and 44A South. Uh, this unit just kind of hung around, man. Um, Last year, the hunter in there, that was in there, uh, I had some friends that was out that were out there with him, and he really uh, put his time in and was pa really patient. I think it was what really paid off for him, and he killed what they knew was there. Uh, just a beautiful 175-inch sheep. They knew the ram was there, and he just kept trudging along and passed up some lesser rams that were pretty good for the unit early on in the hunt and uh, ultimately made it count on giant. Um this unit's not typically sought after by your max point guys. Last year, no one with max points put in for the hunt. Uh, but the draws are fairly steep, 1 and 224. It's pretty close to the Phoenix area. The sheep are pretty spread out, uh, kind of spotty in different locations. Uh, the, the potential is there for a book ram based on the, the history and what's happened. But you're going to spend some time in there looking to find a good ram. So um Definitely a good choice. Definitely a one-tag unit. Um, not something I would consider for a max point holder, but if you're someone who doesn't have max and is a resident because it's only a one-tag unit and, and are looking for kind of a challenging hunt that could pay off with a big dividend, I would definitely consider it. The next hunt we have is... 43A. It's a one-tag unit. Fairly steep, kind of steep draws, one and 170. Last year, ironically, two guys with max put in for it, which is kind of surprising. Uh, nobody drew the tag. Typically, this unit in, over the last couple of years is kind of, you know, last year was a 158, 149 and 17, 164 and 16. They did kill a 172 and 15. 
Um, so you're looking at a mid-60s type unit. Uh, not super great uh, hunt, but, you know, you guys killed Curly in there a few years back, and that really kind of spiked some interest in the unit. And But, I mean, I think that it's kind of subsided a little bit now, and, um, you know, it's just a it's just a good unit, not a great unit. It's a one-tag unit, uh, something to point out. 18 non-residents applied for it. Again, they didn't have any chance to even draw in a one-tag unit, but 18 of them wasted their points. Uh, definitely think it's a, a unit that you need a lot of time to sift through a lot of country to find sheep. It doesn't have a very many sheep. Uh, it does border some Indian reservation um, and, and such that allows for some animals to maybe grow up. Definitely, you know, Curly slipped through a couple years before that. They did kill another ram that was close to 180. Um, but not an easy unit. Pretty difficult getting around. Uh, definitely, if you like a challenge in a one-tag unit, probably not a bad place to look at. Uh, but overall, a lot of people have struggled in that unit uh, historically. Uh, and that's, I don't have a ton of information other than the time we spend in there uh, hunting for curly. Uh, and, but, you know, if you're looking for a good one tag, you've got a lot of time to work a unit over. Um, might be something you might consider. Yes. Um, 43B, all big unit, sheep throughout the entire unit. You have some military base issues. Uh, you can access it, just some different restrictions. Always generally produces one or two book rams. Last year was no different. They killed a 176 and a 170 and a 168. So three potential book rams in there. I think the, the biggest thing to pay attention to on this unit is that you have to look over some sheep and pass some just good sheep if you want to kill a great sheep. Uh, traditionally, guys will find a you know good-looking ram, but he's upper 50s, and they hammer him. He's got small bases and, you know, 33-inch horns, but he looks real pretty and he's great. But if you're willing to put some time and boots on the ground and, and really invest in this hunt, you can be pretty darn successful. Draws are pretty good. Um, always a big focus of the non-resident hunters. Um, but don't be surprised if it takes you 10 days, 12 days to kill to kill in 43B, but I think you'll be be pleasantly surprised if you're able to hold off and pass some of the just average rams that you're going to see. Yeah, I think a lot of people that draw that are done pretty early. Um, they don't put in the time that's required, but I think if you had a bunch of time, I think it's a unit, you know, the numbers show that, you know, they shoot a good ram or two every single year, and I think that's more than likely the guy that spends a little bit more time scouting and kind of has it dialed in. It is a big unit. There is quite a bit of sheep, um, but it seems like every year, you know, a few guys are done, you know, very, very early and, and out of your hair. Um, so definitely one of the units that non-residents should consider for sure. And only two guys with Max put in for it last year. So, I mean, that's five tags in a pretty respectable unit that went to people in the random draw. Definitely a good consideration for non-residents without max. Uh, 44A East. This unit, um, 
produced a surprise, uh, really big ram last year, 179. The other ram that was killed was 143. The 179 was just an old warrior ram, 11-year-old ram, just a tank of a ram. Um, not really the norm. They have killed some 170s out of there. You're going to spend some time working hard. Pretty remote country and looking over a lot of sheep. Um, pretty good jobs. There was only 250 applicants for two permits, and nobody with Max was interested in this hunt. So, I mean, definitely definitely can drum out a 170-type ram, but you're going to work at it and put some time in. And um, But it could pay big dividends. 44A West, um, they shot a 173 last year. If you look at 44A West, they actually closed the unit down, I believe, two years ago. Uh, there's 134 total applicants uh, for that. Uh, no non-residents put in for that, so they, they remembered the one-tag deal, so they did not apply for that. Uh, I think 44A West, the sheep numbers are very, very low. Anytime they shut a unit down, that's a good indication that um, things are in trouble there. Uh, they did kill a nice big old ram last year, I think a 12-year-old ram. Uh, it is one of those units that I think if you are looking for a big ram and have tons of time to sift through a bunch of country that does not have very many sheep, um, I think you could find a sleeper in there. I think the right person that drew that could do pretty good, but I think the wrong person that doesn't have time, they could literally go days and not see a sheep and get pretty discouraged very, very quickly. Yeah, I definitely definitely agree uh, on that hunt. Uh, 44B North, probably arguably one of the most fun sheep hunts in the state, just sheer numbers and access and potential for really – just solid sheep. Uh, I'll let you run with it because you got the most experience in it. But man, just one of the hunts that just lends itself to a really fun experience. Yeah, I mean, historically, 44B North has been kind of the crown jewel of Western Arizona. Uh, if you look at last year, they killed a 168, a 166, and a 161. Uh, the year before that, I was in the unit guiding in the unit. Uh, we killed a 174. Uh, what two other 171 rams were shot. Uh, the year before that, a 150, a 154, a 166, and a 169. Um, kind of a book ram and some handful of high 150s, 160s, and 15. Um, I've been going in there since 2009. That's where Glenn Hall shot his 176-inch net ram with the muzzle loader, And then in 2010, uh, shot the ram, Ron Orndorfer shot the logo ram. Uh, it is kind of the country club of sheep hunting. It's pretty easy access around. You've got um, good accessibility, good visibility, uh, good glassing, good sheep numbers. Um, I would say that the, you know, the cream has definitely been taken off the top. I think there's still a chance to kill a book ram in there. Uh, if you're a bow hunter, uh, definitely it's a unit that you can get around. It's definitely a bow hunter friendly type unit. Um, you know, the plumosas. Uh, which is the mountain range that it's, you know, the name of the mountain range is, uh, you know, they've used to transplant sheep. Uh, even the sheep around 22, around the lake, a bunch of those sheep were transplanted out of the plumosas. Uh, and, you know, genetics are good. Um, 
yeah, can't say enough about the unit. A lot of fun. It's not what it used to be, but I still think killing a decent RAM is, is possible. Uh, 44B South. Uh, well, should, we should probably talk about the non uh, or the max point holders. Looks like uh, eight max point holders put in for it and two drew it. So one went in the random. Uh, I would say if you don't have max points, you know, I'm betting that two of the tags, two of the three are going to go in the max point pool. They typically do. So if you know if you don't have very many points, I would probably you know, try and use my odds somewhere else. Um, if you do have max points, 44B North is always a contender for sure. 44B South, yeah. uh, go ahead. I was just going to say, if you're a hunter who's a little older in age class and, you know, maybe a little less mobile, 44B North is definitely a sheep hunter. For sure. for sure, absolutely. I mean, it's the... Country Club of Sheep Hunting, you can drive around in a ranger, pretty much cover all of the unit, and um, quite a bit of sheep. It's just a fun unit to hunt. 44B South is directly south of, of I-10 there, um, you know, basically east of Quartzsite. I was in that unit last year with a friend, Logan Hall. It looks like 472 applicants last year, 237 of them were non-residents, uh, one of the max point holders applied for it, no max point holders drew the tag. Uh, it's basically a 1 in 236. If you look at the quality that was harvested in there, um, Logan shot a 173, another ram in there, nice, beautiful ram, 169. Uh, the year before that, 165, 169 year before that, a 170 and a 178, and the year before that, in 2015, there was a no harvest and a 174. Uh, I would say that, you know, as far as quality in 44B South, those two rams that got harvested last year were uh, two of the definite better rams in the unit. Uh, I don't think the unit is trending up as far as size, um, you know, as far as quality, um, but still a definite chance to shoot a book ram. Uh, not a ton of book sheep in there. Uh, definitely not trending up like, uh, you know, I felt like in 2015 it was definitely trending up. And then they killed a 170 and a 178. Uh, and then you saw, you know, quality just is slowly kind of slipping down. Uh, Logan's Ram was an 8-year-old Ram, real flared out um, neat ram, and the other ram that was killed last year was a beautiful, I think, 11-year-old ram, maybe 12-year-old ram, uh, good, nice, old sheep, uh, and anything to add to that, Brian? No, not really. Um, you know, those are good good hunts in those units, and uh, those guys, you got after it with your hunter, so I mean, I know you guys really hammered it hard, and then uh, my buddy Bobby Priest had the other hunter in there, and they were, you know... I don't think there's a whole lot to put through the tracks, so you kind of know what's there, you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it does have some wilderness area and some remoteness to it, but it does have pretty good access um, and, you know, pretty easy to get around. Uh, you know, from everything that I saw last year, it would really surprise me if a ram that, you know, stayed bigger than what Logan shot. Um, but definitely, you know, a book ram is, is possible for sure. 45A, 
Brian, last year was a 174, a 165, a 157, and a 147. Uh, and if you go back to 2016, they did kill a 174 in there. I believe, is this the unit where you killed your personal Desert Bighorn? No, I killed my personal in 45C. Okay. So, but yeah, we had some friends in this unit. Um, Matt Lillenquist um, was helping out a friend of ours, Jennifer Griego, in the unit, and they managed to kill a 174 ram in there, just an, a great ram. Tough unit. Um, really had to spend some time looking around and, and figuring out what's going on. And there were some others that had struggled in the unit, uh, struggled in there. I know the other hunter that killed the uh, 165 in there, he uh, he hunted like 16 or 17 days. He was the max point, the guy who drew in the max. And so he really invested some time. He killed a beautiful ram, but uh, tough hunt. You're going to have to invest some time. Uh, sheep can kind of move from 45A to 45B, so that kind of can can play a factor in there. But uh, definitely not an easy hunt. You're going to have to grind it out. Uh, potential to kill upper six, you know, to kill a book ram, but you're going to work for it. Four tags, there's quite a few tags in there, so, you know, you're going to deal with a little bit of people here and there, but... Um, just something to consider, not typically a max point tag for most people, but um, a good opportunity hunt with the potential to kill a book ram. 45B, um, my dad actually killed a ram in 45B back in like 1979. Um, again, very similar to 45A, the rams cross back and forth. This unit is one of two desert units that saw one tag reduction going from three tags to two tags. Um, last year they killed a 174, a 162, and a 153 in the unit. So potential for a 170 is there. Um, not what I would call the norm for the unit. In 2017 they killed a 153 and a 159, and they killed a 165 in... 2016. It went from one tag in 16, two tags in 17, and three tags in 18, and back to two tags for 19. So, might be a little struggle um, harvesting that many mature rams out of the unit. So, definitely a consideration for someone who's looking to draw a tag. Typically, not a focal point of max point holders, and there is a potential to kill a buck ram. 45C is where I have my personal tag. Access can be a little bit of a struggle in the unit. Um, I knew one person that had the tag this year and killed a mid-50s ram, struggled to find that ram, um, but did manage to harvest a ram. Rams that were harvested were 165, 141, 156, 154. Really typically known to produce mid to, I would say right around 160, give or take an inch or two. Um, Access can be difficult, so if you're not in good shape or not don't have the time to devote to hunting this unit, I would definitely um, look elsewhere. This has the human proving grounds in it, and we also are seeing a one-tag deduction reduction in this unit, so it will go from four tags to three tags, which could help, but uh, it's, a, it's a tough hunt. Um, I think you see some of your California residents who hunt putting in for these units because they're right on the California border.
46A East. Uh, traditionally, has been a pretty solid mid-60 type unit. Um, last year, they killed a 160, 169 and a 160, 168 and 158 and 17, and then uh, 173 and 171 and 16. So it has the genetics to produce a book ram. Very remote. Um, you will deal with some immigration issues and traffic and border patrol issues. Only 269 applicants applied, and 166 of those applicants were non-residents. No one applied for the hunt with max points, and it's typically not a focal point of people with max points. Uh, a 46A West is a one. Go ahead, Jeff. Yeah, if you take the next unit, 46A West, one tag unit, 88 people applied. Uh, 29 of those were non-residents, and there is only one tag. Uh, let me check that. There's only one tag this year, right? Yes. Yeah, only one tag this year. So last year you had those guys, again, non-residents applying that 29 of them through their pick away. Now, as far as draw odds, um, you know, a 1 in 88, it's pretty good odds. Uh, this, this unit also... Um, 46A East, or excuse me, West. There was no harvest last year. The year before that was a 170 and a 164. In 16 was a 176 and a 167 and a 151 and 154. I don't know much about the unit other than every couple of years a big ram comes out of there. I think it's one of these units, if the right person draws it, they can probably kill a good ram, you know, book or better. If the wrong person draws it, they're going to really struggle uh, in the unit. You are going to be dealing with access issues. You're going to be dealing with illegal immigration issues, potentially um, illegal drug running issues uh, in this unit for sure. Uh, Brian, the next unit, 46B East, one tag. Last year they killed a 157. Uh, historically, they're kind of killing mid-150s type ram. In 16, they did kill a 171. Uh, this unit, they have dramatically reduced the tags. Last year down to one. This year it's back at one. I think you've got to watch this unit. I think potentially there is a chance for a good ram after a couple of years. You know, it would not surprise me if someone shot a good ram uh, because of the reduction down to one, letting a couple of those rams get some age on them. Uh, again, 29 people applied uh, for this tag that were non-residents, and it's only there is no tags offered to non-residents. So, guys, stop doing that. Uh, anything you have to add about uh, 46B East, Brian? I've been in the unit. Um, that east side is super rugged. If you are not in good shape and don't have a lot of time, do not apply for the unit. Very low sheep numbers. Um, very difficult access. You can, you can kill a good ram, but you better be prepared to work for it. 46B uh, West. Um, you've spent a lot of time in 46B West. I hunted it with a friend of mine, and uh, we killed a giant ram in there um, several years back. But this last year, I had two friends that drew the, drew the tag. Stephen Ward had the tag, and uh, Chip Biner had the tag. 
Uh, Chip killed a 168 with a rifle, and Steve killed a 167 with a bow. It's it's very remote, but um, it always produces a book ram or two. Uh, you're going to need to invest. I would say give yourself a solid 10 days to two weeks to hunt it. You're going to be doing 10 to 15 miles of walking a day, not necessarily up and down mountains, but around the mountains to look into them. Um, definitely deal with some immigration issues, but it's definitely one of the better draw odd hunts. When you look at there were 900, roughly 900 tags and five, I'm sorry, 900 applicants with five tags. So, I mean, that breakdown's not terrible. And it seems, you know, every year they, they produces a book round. If you're someone who can devote the time and is willing to work and get after it, you can really, really get in there. Uh, both Chip and Stephen Warder. Really, really um, dedicated hunters, and you know we're able to capitalize on the opportunity of having tags in those units. That I think that covers our desert sheep uh, for 2019. So now we'll touch on the uh, Rocky Mountain bighorn sheep opportunities in Arizona. The first hunt is Unit One and 27. Uh, it's a two-tag unit. Last year, both tags went in the max. Uh, there were 706 total applicants. A friend of ours, Rusty Kobe, guided 100 to the biggest rocky in the state, which was 183.184, which is a beautiful, beautiful ram. The other ram in there was 177. So really, really good rams killed out of that unit. Probably going to be a focal point of guys with max. Now understand in Arizona, those 45 residents and two non-residents with max points can apply for can apply for desert sheep or Rocky Mountain bighorn sheep, and as we see from uh, my numbers, there's definitely 15 or so people that did apply for Rockies over um, over deserts, and of those 15 that applied, five people with max points drew tags. So about a third of the tags went to guys with max. Um, that kind of varies from year to year, but we'll see you what this year brings. Uh, the next hunt is 6A and 22. This is split into two hunts. Uh, I had this tag in 2013. I had the second hunt. Killed a really good ram that was 176 and a half. This year, uh, unfortunately, I mean, I guess it's a good opportunity, but probably bad for overall quality of rams. There's three permits on the first hunt, which is going to put a lot of stress on those rams because all those 6A and 22 are both included. The majority of the rams are killed out of 6A. Um, you're probably going to see quality slip, and we've kind of seen it over the years trending down a little bit. Last year, the hunters killed a 174, two 174s on the first hunt, and then two 177s on the second hunt. Both, you know, good rams, but um, it's just hard to get, you know, big, big in country when you're killing five, four or five mature rams out of the unit, and a lot of times the auction hunter will kill a ram out of 6A2, so it kind of makes it tough in there. Um, but the good news is last year only one tag went to an individual with max points for those hunts, and only five people applied. So, I mean, definitely it's a good, fun, rocky hunt where you can respectively kill a mid to low 70s ram and might crack a 180 ram. It's just hard to do with the tag numbers. All right. Then the next hunt is 23-24A. This hunt... Uh, Went to an individual with Max uh, last year, and it's kind of hit or miss. 
Um, the hunter was killed at 166, but, you know, he was an older gentleman, and that can be some really rugged terrain. In 2017, they killed a 181, and in 2016, they killed a 138. I think, respectively, you can expect to kill a 170-type sheep in there. Um, can be kind of rugged terrain. I'm not sure that this hunt will go in the max. It could. Last year, there was only one person with max to put in for it, and he drew it. So hard to really say whether it's going to go on the max or it's not going not going to go on the max. Um, last year, 27. So the next hunt, 27 upper blue. This was split into two hunts last year. This year, it's one hunt with three tags. So you're going to see a one tag reduction because last year it was two hunts with two tags. So this year will be one hunt with three tags. Um, last year on the first hunt, they shot a 172 and 100 did not kill. And then on the second hunt, they killed a 164 and a 167. And we had a friend on the second hunt. And it's, uh, it's remote country. You really, really got to work to access that country. But we've seen giants come out of there in the past. Um, really steep, steep, rugged country, which means that, you know, you can find a gem hiding somewhere um, that most people don't know about. So it's just something to be aware of and definitely consider when you're applying for it. Horses are going to be something that help you out getting around in that unit. So um, if you're putting in for that, just understand what you're getting into. Last year, nobody drew one of those tags in the max. And then 27 south, 28 north is two hunts. First hunt has three permits. Second hunt has two permits. Both good hunts, both lots of sheep. Um, last year, we saw a 184 killed on the first hunt, 174 and a 168, so very, very good rams killed. The second hunt, they killed a 177 and a 170. Uh, draws are very steep. Only one tag was drawn in the max last year. Um, just quality, the 27 South 28 North, quality hunt. Good opportunity to kill a mid-70s ram. Um, just tough draw. I think that wraps it up, doesn't it? And that would officially wrap up our recap of the uh, Arizona sheep applications. Um, you know, if anybody has any questions or wants something more specific, uh, they can email you or they can email me. Uh, my email is Brian, B-R-I-A-N dot Rimza, R-I-M-S-Z-A, at hotmail.com. Feel free to send me an email, and I'll do my best to get back to you within a couple days and try and help you out and give you some uh, ideas or something to think about on where you apply. Yeah, and a couple things I might add are when you're applying for sheep, uh, remember it's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, and I feel like a lot of times every year people that get drawn they don't treat it as a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. If I had a dollar for every time I heard someone say, well, I drew a, a late deer hunt, and I've got a late elk hunt, and I've got this, and I've got that, and I wasn't able to devote as much time to my sheep hunt as, as possible, it just makes me cringe. So when you're applying for these hunts, if you draw the hunt, please do yourself a favor and put all those other hunts on the back burner. Give the tags away. Give them to Outdoor Experience for All or one of the other organizations and try and prioritize because this is truly a once-in-a-lifetime hunt. Uh, the other thing is I see most sheep hunters go for one day and they harvest the first ram they see. 
um, you know, again, being a once-in-a-lifetime hunt, this is something you should spend a lot of time scouting. Uh, you, you know, you should think about considering hiring a guide and trying to harvest the oldest, most mature, and biggest ram that you can find. Uh, Brian, curious your thoughts on why people just, you know, in the first day or two, they're, they're done. They shoot a small ram and young ram, and, you know, they... It's almost like they're, they're intimidated by the hunt, by the animal, by the country, and uh, it just—I see it year after year, and it just—I just—it just makes me cringe. Yeah, I think most of it has to do with a mental game. Uh, people get wrapped into the fact of all my help is leaving, or I may someone else may kill this ram I'm looking at, or I may not have an opportunity at a better ram, and you know. And typically, people don't expect to draw sheep tags. And everybody can draw a sheep tag in Arizona. So, I mean, you may have the guy who just draws a tag, and it's not that important to him. But one thing I want to mention is that you should buy point guard for every animal you apply for in Arizona because the fact is, is that you never know when you're going to draw that sheep tag. And if you have seven or eight bonus points and you draw a deer tag, you know, maybe not a strip tag, but you draw a decent deer tag that you've been waiting for and you draw a sheep tag, man, turn the tag into outdoor experience for all or turn the tag back in, get all your points back and devote all your effort to your sheep hunt because you know that you still get those points back and you can draw that tag again the next year. These sheep hunts are once in a lifetime. Guys pay hundreds of thousands of dollars for these opportunities. And so be realistic with yourself. You know, give, your a chance, give yourself a chance to be successful. Um, you know, you don't necessarily have to hire a guide. If, if you've got the time to do it and are willing to put the effort in and you've got a good group of guys to help you do it, you know, surround yourself with people who are going to encourage you when you're down or encourage you when you're thinking about doing something stupid because this is you can't take the bullet back once it's left the gun. You can't take that arrow back once it's gone through the sheep. And, you know, traditionally, I would say 90% of sheep hunters are done in the first five days. And that's great if you killed the best ram you scouted. But if you just shot an average ram and you had a ton of time left to hunt, I mean, calm down. Go make it. Make the most of the one-time experience that you have. Um, you know, and if you yeah. put a lot of time scouting in, then you have a really good idea of what's there, and that makes it easier to pull the trigger on day one if you know you're looking at the best ram that you've seen. But don't right. get discouraged because you don't see him the first three or four days. Take a break. Go home. You know be with your friends and come back rejuvenated. You get one chance to do this. Um, you know, there's been guys that several people had the 30, the 43A tag when Curly was alive and nobody was willing to devote the time to try and kill that ram. The only hunter in the unit, nobody else could even hunt him. And you had an opportunity to kill a ram that was spectacular and it just didn't do it. Or people, yeah. you know, don't make the proper arrangements. Um, so it's just, I know everyone's life is different, and their family family comes first. Make no mistake about it. And if something comes up with family, and it's you got to deal with it, I get it. But I mean, you there's a lot of variables that you can control, and the whole 
oh, well, I've got an elk tag and I've got a deer tag, that's the lamest excuse in the world. I mean, unless you drew a strip tag with no bonus points, I get you. But if you drew some 6A archery bull tag and you're like, well, I've got an elk tag and I'm going to use my vacation on that and then i got to try and find a way to kill a sheep, get rid of your freaking 6A elk tag. Who cares? Get, get it next time. Go devote all your time to a once-in-a-lifetime sheep opportunity. I mean, I, don't, I just don't think people understand or grasp the appreciation for, you know, what they have. I mean, go talk to a guy who's a, been putting in in Arizona for 40 years, and he would give anything in the world just to have that one chance to hunt sheep. And here you are drill with five bonus points, and you're saying you've got two long weekends to hunt. I mean, come on. You know, find a way to make it work. And you know what? If you don't have time or you've got a baby who's going to be due in January or November and you're not going to have the time to do it, then don't put in for a tag. Just put in for a bonus point. But there's a lot of ways to control your life and to make the most of it. But you're right. I mean, most guys can't go more than five days and then they're done. And it's, you know, with cell phones these days and... And, you know, in-reach devices, even if you're hunting by yourself and you kill a sheep in the most remote area, most of us can be to you in four or five hours to help you out. And most people will do that to help you out. I mean, there's lots of good people that will give you a hand and stuff like that. So, you know, educate yourself, realize what you have, and don't squander an opportunity because odds are you may never have it again. Well said. Uh, Brian, you wrote a great piece for GoHunt.com. Uh, Encourage the listeners, if they're not insider members, to check out the insider. Check out the super in-depth piece that Brian uh, wrote for them. Uh, also, remind you guys, you can follow Brian on Instagram at bremza. That's B-R-I-M-S-Z-A. Uh, also, Brian has given out his email address. I'll link it up in the show notes. Uh, reach out to me or Brian if you guys have any questions on sheep. I appreciate you guys listening to the podcast. Uh, Brian, as always, it's awesome uh, getting to tap into that brain of yours. Uh, You and I both are analytical, and we like to do these kind of things, and we get a lot of response from it. So hopefully it's helping you guys out there applying for sheep uh, here this month. Again, non-residents, make sure to apply for units with two or more tags. Uh, you can follow along my adventures at J. Scott Outdoors uh, on my Instagram. You can send me an email, uh, jscottoutdoors at gmail.com. Uh, guys, uh, really appreciate all of the support that you give this podcast. Brian, thank you again for coming on. Uh, good luck in the draw yourself. Maybe you'll draw a strip tag two years in a row. And congrats on drawing your uh, Utah elk permit. Thanks, man. It was good talking to you, Jay, and, you know, hopefully it helps people out, and, you know, hopefully people get drawn, and the only thing I ask is if you listen to the podcast and, you know, it helps you out and you draw a tag, by all means, send us an email, send us some pictures of the ram that you kill. I mean, we are always excited to see people's success, and, uh, you know, good luck to you all, and uh, make sure you get put in, and uh, I hope you draw. Right on, buddy. Sounds good. God bless you. Thank you. Thanks, Jay.